Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? Welcome to ID Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in and 
listening to Sarah and I interview the world's leading relationship experts, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, and bring you this information that we are getting right alongside of you. We say it uh, maybe not often enough. If you're a new listener, we are not experts. No. We are not <laughs> doling out the advice. We are getting it right there along with you. And we fight and we argue and we struggle in our relationship. But that's why we do this podcast is to get the tools and to share them with you and to try to do better. And if you guys haven't listened to one of our podcasts from the very beginning, we kind of go and explain why we started the podcast. And it was exactly for that reason. We had gotten engaged and we were looking for premarital kind of counseling. And we looked to podcasts for that and there wasn't really anything out there. And so that's why we started the podcast to to get this knowledge to help our relationship. And we're so glad that we're helping you guys uh, on our journey as well. And here we are, what are we, 188, oh my goodness, we're coming up on 200, so we're going to have to do like some sort of extravaganza <laughs> for 200, but until then, we're going to keep bringing you great interviews, and today is no different, where we welcome Justine Cecile, and it was a bit of a different interview in one, um, or a different topic, um, in one that we both really enjoyed because Sarah's going to tell you a little bit about Justine. Yeah, well, Justine is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner uh, supporting professional women, men who are struggling with raging hormones, even when they're on hormone therapy. She goes into a little bit about her work and what she does and how she helps people. Um, and that's really what this episode is about. When you said raging hormones, I just, I just flashed to Anchorman when he's like, I'm in a glass case of emotion when Baxter does. Right? I know. I know. Totally. And that's like raging emotions and I think hormones. of like a 13 year old boy when I think of raging oh hormones. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's super interesting. And this is what makes us who we are, are these hormones and, and just the complexity of being a human. And we focus in and talk about how this relates to our libido. And I think it'd be helpful if I didn't really know the working definition of libido, but I want to give it to you. Um, it is a person's overall sexual drive or desire for sexual activity and is derived from the same Latin word, which means desire. And uh, that's just put quite simply in according to Wikipedia, which I think is a good contextual synopsis uh, before we dive in is sexual desires are often an important factor in the formation and maintenance of intimate relationships in humans. We know this. And that's why libido is important because it's just our overall sexual drive or desire. And that is affected by our hormones. But as Justine talks about, it's certainly a part of the picture, but stress um, is another huge element in, in making this up. Our libido, and it's kind of a huge topic. But we, and we just scratch the surface. But it's important things to recognize of how these things. I think you have a natural libido, right? Like some people, it's higher than others. But stress, kids, your diet, all of these things are affecting it. So Justine, Sarah, and I really dive into how these things all combine for a crazy cocktail of. <laughs> uh, 
glass case of emotion. <laughs> there you go. Well, guys, we hope you enjoy the episode. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Justine. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, I'm very excited about this. I'm really excited to talk to both of you. Justine, we've given our listeners a little overview, given them some information on your professional background. You are definitely a bit of a different guest than we traditionally have on the show, which we're planning to move more and more into this kind of topic. And it's very interesting. So why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their ultimately their relationships from your unique background? Yeah. So um, I, I work with women predominantly and men, but in the ages of 45 to about 60 years old. So they're in that perimenopause, menopause state. And what I have found, so I do a lot of diagnostic work and I work with people with supplement protocols and hormone protocols. But what I have really discovered and really come to understand is a lot of what's going on with individuals during that time frame is they don't feel really fulfilled. And a lot of times they'll focus on work as being as being where they're unfulfilled, their life in general didn't go the way they planned it. But honestly, there are five basic needs that everybody needs and bonds, our relationships and our intimate relationships are definitely very high on that, you know, that list of needs that we, that we have. And so by working with individuals on helping them improve their relationships, particularly intimate relationships. And it could be a spouse, a partner, or just an intimate relationship with a best friend, even their life can just transform. So it's, it's pretty exciting to watch how that works. Well, we want to dive into it. And I just want to point out, it is such an important point that like, if you're feeling down or in the dumps, like there's things that it's it's not maybe necessarily your intimate relationship. It's the fact that you don't have any you know good friends outside of it, and you're not nurturing those kind of relationships, or or you name it. And, and one of the what we're going to talk about today is how your hormones are not the problem. And you alluded to this of uh, as far as. Um, not the problem when it comes to libido and is often the case that someone might come in and, and say, Hey, you know, or, or there's erectile dysfunction and then they're prescribed testosterone or, you know, or, or on the female side, I'll let you 
fill me in and <laughs> our listeners on and and how well, some, that's not the sometimes problem. Sometimes women get testosterone too to help with their libido, but estrogens, progesterones, testosterones, the the three primary sex hormones um, are often played with to help with libido. So um, so you are on you're you're doing fine. You're well, doing fine. <laughs> Testosterone works for men and women too. Well, let's dive in. So what is someone coming to you for and and maybe you can give a definition of libido because Sarah laughed at me. I can't even pronounce it. I was saying libido, <laughs> but I, I, I've heard it and I know what it is. I don't know why I was reading it and I said libido, but tell me what it is and, you know, scientifically. And then let's talk about the experiences you're having with clients. So libido basically is that that kind of desire to really get close and vulnerable with somebody. And, you know, generally we're talking about physically intimate, but libido is just that, you know, where your, your heart races and you're just kind of really into the other person, you become very focused and, and sex and physical intimacy, but also emotional intimacy, it all comes together at that point. And what's really nice, though, about having a healthy libido is is that it's an indicator that your self-esteem is being taken care of, that your physical needs are being met, your, your emotional needs are being met, and your world is basically safe. Because when something's off in our world, um, we don't want to be vulnerable, right? So we don't want to be intimate with others. It's a reflection of what's going on inside of ourselves. And so with libido, in order to have a really healthy, robust libido, you need to have a lot of things clicking in place so that you feel really good. Uh, when we have early relationships, you know, our libido is up because we're we're actually trying to attract the the person that we, we want to get close to. And so our hormones and everything will be really geared to help attract. And we feel vulnerable. We, we give up secrets. We share things because we're in that, that moment. But as we go along in our relationships and, and progress and so forth, we, we become closed off if we don't care for ourselves. Our self-esteem comes, you know, gets kind of worn out or energy gets worn out. We need to have real engagement with life and be enthusiastic and have lots of physical and emotional energy. And then our libido, our our willingness to be vulnerable and close flourishes. So how does, uh, for our listeners who want to go the route that you're talking about and, and not get on the medications or the testosterone, what's the first step they can take to increase or to make their libido healthy? In my own practice, there are times where hormones come in. I I do hormone work, but I do it very short term because sometimes we do need to provide relief in order for the other things to be able to take place. But what we really want to focus on for the long-term health of the individual and therefore the, the couple is for the individual to start to pay really close attention to themselves. A lot of times when we're in relationships, uh, you know, when you're young, you're, you think about yourself a whole lot more, but as you get out in the world and you have 
responsibilities at work and you have children and a spouse, your attention tends to go outward rather than inward. And we start to lose our, you know, a lot of people think that being selfish is, is bad, but I think if you're intentionally selfish to care for yourself, that's going to help your internal self and your self-esteem flourish and therefore you can be more present for others. So real quick, before we move on, I have another question, but you'll have to excuse my ignorance. Is, is libido mm-hmm. like a, a, is that just the, a general catchphrase for your, like these feelings? I always thought it was like a, a physical manifestation of your hormones or is it a combination? It's a combination. So the thing is, is when we're talking about emotions of any kind or, you know, feelings, if you will, there's going to be a chemical cocktail, right? So if you are a happy person, the chemistry that's in your, that's going on inside your body is going to be made of different neurotransmitters and so forth. And if you're feeling angry, you're going to have other neurotransmitters and, and hormones going around. So it's always a chemical component. So in order for you to feel, you know, have a real healthy libido, yes, you do need to take care of the chemistry. And what that means is you need to be able to produce those neurotransmitters and hormones that are necessary for that, um, for that energy to come about. So you have to have a a healthy diet. You have to have um, a good detoxification system so that you can clear out used or excessive old hormones and neurotransmitters. You have to have the ability to be able to utilize them. So in the case of, say, cortisol and thyroid, they both sit in the same cell receptors. And so if you've got a lot of stress going on, you're not going to be able to get the thyroid in there because the cortisol is going to have higher priority. And if your thyroid's not able to get to the cells to do its thing, then your metabolism is going to slow down, then you're going to have less energy, then you're going to not feel, you're not going to feel like you want to get intimate, your libido is going to come down. So there's a lot of little pieces to it. On the other side, though, you do need a little bit of those stress hormones, um, norepinephrine and epinephrine, because that's the excitement piece that comes in when you start feeling, you know, really attracted to another person and so forth. So you have to have a combination of those. But if you've got a lot of long-term stress, that's going to tear down the systems that you need in order to feel, um, you know, sexually attracted to somebody else is also going to divert resources away from your sex hormones in general. So your estrogen, your testosterone, and your and your um, progesterones are not going to have the resources that they need if you are under a lot of chronic stress. And so when we get to having to support those nat that natural chemistry, one of the things we need to do is for an individual to really focus on themselves. So they have to focus on their body, diet, movement, enjoyment, those types of things. They have to start thinking about their brain, you know, having their brain feeling really healthy, their being, their spiritual aspects, their bonds and their relationships need to grow and 
and be cultivated. All of those things need to come into play. And that's why one of the things I see a lot with individuals at this age, they have so many responsibilities. They have so many things that are pulling them away from themselves. They're not valuing and taking care of themselves and their self-esteem gets kind of worn down. And as that happens, then they're going to be less able to initiate sex. They're going to be less willing to be vulnerable because it's a reflection of what's going on inside of themselves. Did that answer your question? Shane? Yes. Yes. Everything is much <laughs> more clear now for me. And, and, and uh, it is obviously a complex uh Topics scientifically and, and, and psychology, uh, the psychological aspect of this, but it is such a interesting point that it, everything you mentioned, it's holistic. It's, you know, people, is, it's not as simple as like, my partner's not in the mood for sex or I'm not in the mood to be intimate, but it's like, how stressed are you? What are you doing? Like you said, to, to focus on yourself. So, and, mm-hmm. and within that, all those things you mentioned, it, it, there's a variety of them and just being aware of that in self examination is so important. So are there any areas when, when you have someone, um, come to you, like what's your approach? Because obviously someone can be, truly deficient in hormones, they have, you know, abnormally low levels, um, or there's someone which might be more common that it's fine and they just need to work on this other stuff that you're mentioning. So like if I was coming to you and I'm like, I just don't feel like, uh, I feel like I'm having trouble in the bedroom or maybe erectile dysfunction, or I don't want to be intimate. What's your approach? What kind of questions do you ask and, and, and how does it go forward? So when a client comes to me and one of their, and very, very often, you know, in this age group, libido and sex drive is one of their main issues. They they always come in with weight issues. They come in with, you know, just not feeling themselves angry, irritable, but low sex drive and libido is, is definitely high up on the list. And so when they first come in, I'll approach it very diagnostically initially. We'll do some lab testing and I get into their health history and how they handle stress, what's going on in their life now and what happened in their life earlier because things like trauma and excessive stress when they were younger or a poor diet when they were younger affects them as they get older. And so once we have this diagnostic, you know, really in-depth conversation and we have some testing that's done very broad spectrum hormone testing, gut health, all of these things, because gut health and neurotransmitters are very directly tied together. Um, Things like serotonin is predominantly produced in the gut and you need serotonin to feel good and, you know, and and be excited about things, right? But it also is the precursor for melatonin. So it could cause sleep issues if your gut's not well. So we're going to take a look at all of these different things. And then 
very targeted supplement and hormone protocols get put into place. So if you do come in and you have low testosterone, we're certainly going to help you with the testosterone, give you a little extra, but we're also going to focus on the reasons why you're low testosterone, you have low testosterone, because it's maybe common, but it's not normal for you to have low testosterone. As we age, we don't need the same levels of some of these hormones because we are not reproducing anymore. But that doesn't mean that all of our drives go, you know, empty. That's not normal. So basically we go through this whole diagnostic piece, put them on the protocols, but now we're going to be working on why is it that these hormones are not in place? And usually it's diet, nutritional deficiencies, gut health is going to be a big problem. Uh, very often detoxification pathways could be um, an issue, but stress is always an issue. Not only is it an issue because of the external factors that are coming in, but because when our hormones are in balanced and 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 things like that are happening, we're causing stress on the inside, right? So we have internal stress as well. So we always have to focus on stress. And when we're doing that, what we're doing now is we're trying to help educate people to be very cognizant of their environments. Uh, for instance, in your house, let's say, um, Sarah, you're in the kitchen and you don't like the kitchen, but you don't really realize that you, you, it's a kitchen, right? You, you don't really think very much about it, but subconsciously there are things about the kitchen that irritate you. Maybe the counters are too cluttered or it's a little too dark or a little too small, maybe not organized the way you need it to be. And so every time you go into the kitchen, you are adding subconscious distress to yourself and you don't really know it. And in walks Chase, right? He's feeling really good because he just accomplished something. Now you're both on a different kind of wavelength. But if we could, you know, fix the kitchen a little bit, maybe brighten the colors, clean off the counters, reorganize it a little bit, and it feels like a better space. Now you could feel like, you know, you're happier in there subconsciously. You don't even realize it. So now we want to start looking at environments. Um, but everything that's going on, however you feel. Uh, so think of it this way. Let me back off just a minute. If you walked up to a person and if you were in a really bad mood, would you feel like complimenting them on how they look that day, the clothes that they're wearing or the haircut that they got? No. You, you might say it, but you don't really feel like it, <laughs> right. right? Right. If you're having a bad day. But if you're feeling great and you walked up to somebody who isn't looking their best, you still might feel more likely to compliment them, correct? Yeah. So the thing is, is whether somebody compliments you or criticizes you, it's always a reflection of what's going on inside of them. And however you project outward, it's a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if you're really tired and you're overstressed and overwhelmed and so forth, it's because your diet's not feeding you the energy that you need. You're not getting the nutrients in your environment is wrong, or maybe 
you know, your self-esteem has been wearing down. You're not pacing your energy very well. Um, you're taking on too many things. And so now we're back to that self-care piece. We've got to start looking at our world and making sure it's really safe for us to release the stress so that we can create those hormones that we want and those neurotransmitters. It is amazing how much, how important it is to look at relationships and all things in our life holistically, but I feel like our tendency is to not do that and it is to look at the surface and directly at the issue. And, and it might be like, Sarah and I are arguing a lot. We need to stop arguing. Why are we arguing? And, and, and but rather than being like, well, like examining, have we been stressed out? Is our three-year-old not sleeping the last week because she's been sick? Instead of, you know, saying we, our communication is just off and, and uh, I feel like you're nagging me all the time. And and we kind of just went through this where Sarah, <laughs> like you're just re uh, recapping our last week. <laughs> yeah, like our our three year old was what Stella was sick and she was not sleeping. She was super whiny and and poor thing was just not feeling good. And in particular, Sarah deals with it a lot better than I do. And I and and Sarah and I had this conversation the other day. Is like I realized. Our relationship, and I say this like not in a negative way, but was a lot easier and to maintain at a at a better like a quote better level before we had our kid, which is super common, mm-hmm. I'm sure, um, because it having a, a kid just adds another layer of of stress to your life and and. It's been something I feel like I'm pretty self-aware, but has been a bit of a revelation to me and, and something I'm trying to work on is dealing with the stress that a toddler brings me and figuring out how to cope with it better so that it's not negatively affecting our relationship, uh, my relationship with my daughter and uh, with Sarah, because it does. But it's it's hard to like step outside and like say wait a second, you know, and, and, and not just get in this cycle. Uh, and I'm sure that's what you see when people come to you, it's like they've exhausted what they think are the problems are like, I just, my testosterone's low and I, I just need, you know, I need testosterone therapy and that's, what's going to help this, but just taking that holistic, uh, approach. But first I want to tell you about today's sponsor. I won't ever use it, but it's great. That's because it's brought to you by Hourglass Cosmetics. But I will definitely be using it. I use it every day. <laughs> I swear by it. And so for a lot of beauty brands, luxury means something to splurge on and indulgence. But when I experienced the performance and innovation of Hourglass Cosmetics, it was easy to see that for them, luxury means so much more. Like I said, I use my mascara by Hourglass Cosmetics Every single day, there is not a day goes by that I do not put this mascara on because it is absolutely amazing. Uh, the packaging, Chase, would you not agree that it is stunning? It's very pretty. <laughs> it's amazing. And how do my lashes look? 
Amazing. I know. You can't beat it. Am, am I doing good so far? <laughs> you are. Always say it looks amazing, right? <laughs> yes. Hourglass's Caution Extreme Lash Mascara is groundbreaking. And like I said, I am officially obsessed. Their long-lasting formula is completely vegan. It never flakes and it never smudges. And I can absolutely attest to that. The tapered brush delivers endless length, intense volume and lift, and it helps you get those hard to reach areas in the inner corners and the lower lashes. Discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com slash I do and use the promo code I do to get free shipping with your purchase of a full size caution mascara. That's hourglasscosmetics.com slash I do and enter the promo code I do. Yeah, the, the, the testosterone is a great first step to provide some relief. But if you don't take care of the root causes, and the root causes may be physical, but they're also, in general, very external. They're, they're what's going on in your world, just like you just mentioned um, you know, having children is that extra layer of responsibility. And and the thing is, is every time we add responsibility, we generally pull away from ourselves because then the outside world seems to be more important. The, our children's welfare is more important than our own. And so we drain our resources because we're trying to meet these responsibilities that we've put on to ourselves. That happens all the time. I'm guilty of it. I mean, it's not, it's not, it, we always do it. It's kind of what we're geared to do um, in our brains is to, we take on these roles and we need to meet these roles. The The big, the big thing here though, is, is to kind of pull back into yourself and, and, and realize that you are important and, and there's another trick about this. So when we look at stress, like day-to-day things, like your child being sick is, if it's one a level of being sick that, you know, is very life-threatening, that is a survive situation, right? But let's say your child being sick who has a cold, it's not life-threatening, it's just really uncomfortable, that's more of a strive situation, right? It's like a day-to-day thing. Everybody's going to get sick from time to time, but it's not really life-threatening. Unfortunately, what happens in our world um, very often, all of us do this, is we take things that really are day-to-day ups and downs, hard, you know, inconvenient and so forth, but we we elevate the severity of it in our heads. And so now we're treating everything as if it's a survive mechanism. And this is really important when we're talking about hormones because everything, remember your libido is going to be tied to this cocktail of hormones and neurotransmitters. Now, if we're in this survive you know, framework, right? We've elevated things to survive even when it's not life-threatening 
what we're doing is, is we're turning on a stress response system that's pretty amped up. And when we're in that survive mode, our body and our brain will prioritize functions and processes within ourselves. So things like digestion goes down. We're not as efficient as digesting our meals if we're in this high state of stress. And the reason is, is because your body says, hey, if I don't, if I don't, digest this meal right now, that's not a big deal. I'll get another one later, but it won't matter if I don't live, right? So so if you're in this survive state, your digestion goes down. And if your digestion goes down a lot over time, now you're nutrient deficient. Now you can't even produce the hormones that you're looking for. And what little nutrition you have in there is going to be prioritized for stress hormones, certainly not testosterone or estrogens and progesterones. So you know, there's a priority, you know, we think of them as just, they're there, right? We we eat, we make them, but know your body's going to prioritize what it's going to focus on and do. And digestion, your immune system, um, all of those things go down when you're under a state of stress because you need other functions to survive. And so, when your child is sick or, you know, your car breaks down or all of these things, it's fine to be upset and worried at first, but it's really, really important for us to say, okay, wait a minute, this is, this is not life or death here. It's inconvenient. It's not comfortable. It's, it's not ideal, but it's not life or death. And, and try to teach yourself and your brain to really calm down and do techniques that help you calm down so that you're in that state of being calm more often so that your body can actually digest the food that you're eating. Uh, it doesn't matter how well you're eating. You can eat the best foods in the world all the time. But if you're in this constant stage of stress, you're still going to be malnourished. And this is, you know, we always talk about diets and, you know, change your food that can make a big difference, but it's not the only thing that needs to happen when we're talking about nutrition. And all of this is geared towards hormones. So for somebody who is listening, and and maybe a lot of this information is new to them, for some people, Mm -hmm. it could be overwhelming with all the different um, things that they should try and implement, like getting sleep better, focusing on the things they eat, or eliminating stress or self-love. What would you say would be maybe the the top two or three uh, that they should have as a priority to kind of ch- get this lifestyle change and this new, um, this new way of life going for them. Yeah, no, that's, I'm glad you asked because that's really, really important. Obviously when people, um, you know, approach me, things have been going downhill for a while. They're very over, you know, overwhelmed and stressed out and you can't, throw everything at them. This is why one of those things about diagnostics, we're talking about um, giving people hormones at at first. I mentioned relief is because we need to just provide some relief just to quiet things down. So as an individual without doing hormone therapy or supplements or things to calm things down, what can they do is immediately just start paying attention to what triggers them and what makes them happy. So it's not about avoiding negative things. Actually, 
I'm going to probably be one of the few people in the world that just loves negative emotions because negative emotions give me a lot of information. Negative emotions tell me what my subconscious is trying to tell me. It's telling me what in my world is not safe. And so I know what to avoid in the future. So just by being a little bit more mindful about what sets you off. So for instance, if we're talking about your daughter being sick and you know you're being tired and that's causing the two of you to have, you know, harder conversations, not having as much patience, you can recognize that in the future. You can say, okay, when I'm not getting enough sleep, I need to take more time for myself during the day to do things, to rest. And it's not about taking naps per se could just be more breathing exercises or it could just be, you know, checking out a little bit. It could be doing some meditation, going for a really nice walk out in in nature or sitting on the front porch. But I need to pace myself, not take on as much if I'm in a period of time where I'm unable to sleep. I need to rest a little bit more so that I can have patience. So the first thing to do is just to really start paying attention. You can journal this. You can, however way that you can, can really pay attention to what your sensory system is telling you so that you know what to cultivate and what to avoid and then just focus on cultivating and avoiding things that trigger you or bring up your energy. Did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a a great a great place for people to start who are looking to bring some more calmness into their life and and de-stress. Mhm. So my background and how I actually moved into this area is I developed fibromyalgia in the early 1990s. But today I'm not I'm I don't have chronic symptoms and I don't take any medication at all. But occasionally I take supplements but not for the fibro it's it's more for because I went through a period of stress or something. Like I was in Thailand for 3 weeks and I did a protocol to help me with bacteria and and stuff. So I don't take medication though. And how I was able to do the most improvement in my own, you know, in my own instance with fibromyalgia, where your your sensory system is really on hyper awareness, was being aware. And it wasn't being mindful per se, you know, hey, I'm paying attention to this moment. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't feel good whenever I'm in a room full of air conditioning unless I have a sweater on. So now if I walk into a room and they have a lot of air conditioning, I make sure I have something that's on the back of my neck and then I don't get triggered. So it's really about figuring out these things that can really activate your your threat, right? Your stress response system and what actually calms everything down and makes you feel good. And the more you do that the more your stress response system comes down. Now your immune system goes up, your digestion goes up, your feel-good chemistry goes up. Also, it's very self-empowering. And the more self-empowered that you are, the more comfortable you are with yourself. Now I'm more able to be vulnerable because I have better self-esteem. And so now I'm more willing to say things or or do things that 
I may feel more subconscious about if I'm not feeling good about myself. So now here comes, you know, my intimate relationships improve because I am self-empowered because I can influence my environments. I have a sense of, of strength rather than being at the mercy of whatever is going on in my life. It's such a simple idea. It's obviously a lot harder in practice, but it's comforting to know that like the solutions to a lot of our physical and emotional and relationship problems lie within. And mm-hmm. obviously there are, you know, I can think my way out of the flu all I want, but I still might have the flu virus, but there the ability to pay attention and, and like you said, pay attention to what triggers you and really, and then what makes you happy. It's so simple, but I, I feel like we don't do that nearly enough, if at all, in our lives. And and uh, one thing we talk about a lot on the show, and you've mentioned it, but mindfulness and, and meditation and, and how that comes into this. And just because that is that awareness of like, oh, I'm feeling angry. Where's that coming from? And mm-hmm. observing that thought. And then it we might not perfectly deal with it the next time, but if we practice and the more we practice, the more I'll have that ability that when my daughter's whining, rather than just like having this anger inside and then taking that on on Sarah, I figure out, you know, the breathing exercise that helps me or I figure out, you know, a way to look at her more em- empathetically and say, you know, it's a poor little thing and she just wants to feel better. And there's different ways to approach it, but it, it's got to start with the recognition that that something is happening and not being a victim of our emotions or of our you know, physical, um, what, the physical things that are going on in us. Exactly. And, 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 you know, you mentioned meditation, which is a really great example. So meditation is one of the simplest and one of the hardest things to do, right? And people get very frustrated with meditation because they can't turn their brain off. But if you really understand meditation, it's not about turning off your brain. It's about being aware of what's coming through your brain and saying, oh, I need to pay attention to that now. Right. It's like it's like, okay, yes, I do need to go to the store and buy those things, but not now and letting them go. And and that's that's essentially what we're what I'm speaking about. So if my my children are grown up now, but if my son was crying and screaming, I could look at my son and say, okay, what in his world is not safe? Is it life or death? So I don't have to elevate it. I can stay in the strive. This is uncomfortable. It's no fun, but it's not, you know, a survive moment here. So I can keep my own stress response down. And then I look at it and say, okay, what in his world is not happening? What can I do to help him improve his world right now or, you know, support him, his ability to do it. Sometimes it's talking him through it, showing him that they don't have to be scared. You know, sometimes it's some aspirin, sometimes it's a hug, who knows, right? But when we do those things more for, we understand what makes us feel better in that same situation. I love to use the um, 
example of children. So it's really great that you have a daughter because when your daughter is at her happiest, right? She freely shares, gives everything away, hugs, kisses, boo-boos, her favorite toy. Everything's good, right? Yeah. But when something's quite not right, maybe she's a little on the tired side because she's been going too long or hasn't eaten something or, you know, something she's, maybe she's just not comfortable with the people in the room, right? Something's not quite right. This is where she starts to contract and pull back. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so what I try to tell adults to do is just like children, because children will freely give when their world is safe and then they pull back and they're a bit selfish, you know, when, when things aren't right. But instead as an adult, let's think of it more as being intentionally selfish. We got to take care of our world, make sure everything is good. And then we can freely give to others. We can freely bond and be with others the more that we take care of our world. So in my in my instance with with my husband, my husband's not a hoarder, but he is a Boy Scout. So he has the perfect thing for everything. And it, it has a tendency to to add up. And me, my sensory system likes things to be pretty minimal and, and clean and neat. Right. So we 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 don't quite match there. So in order for my world to be right. There are certain areas that have to be more my way, but in order for his world to be right, he needs to have areas that he can have this, this kind of pile of stuff, right? And so we've worked it out so that we have areas that are more his and areas that are more mine so that we feel comfortable within our home. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. And so the more comfortable we are, the more comfortable we are together. And that sets everything up for success. And and it's like a real world example of what we're talking about, bringing it back to libido. It's like, and we used this example on a previous show that oh, you want to have a better sex life. Well, if it makes your wife feel better, more in the mood when the house is in order, then she's her libido is more likely to be higher and ready to go. But a lot of times uh, I'll use, you know, I'll throw the the men under the bus here, but it's like we, in, this is an overgeneralization, but it's like, we want more sex. It's just like, let's have more sex. But instead it needs to be a holistic look at it and your partner, and this go, this could go either way. Maybe it's the opposite, but your partner will be more in the mood if you help get the house in order because that's what makes them feel safe, like you alluded to. And, yeah. And and we can just apply this to to everything in our life and in our relationships. That if we're able to look at it from from you know what is it thirty thousand feet rather than just zoomed in on here's the issue, let's address it directly of what that issue is. Oftentimes there's broader things going on. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the house couldn't be all the way I want it to be though, correct? He needs to have his space so he feels, you know, in his world too, that the house is his home um, because he has his personality and his needs met as well. So it has to be that combination. 
but you're absolutely correct that if if it's too lopsided and and it's not it's not there's no place for the person to feel comfortable in in their own skin well if i'm not comfortable in my own skin i'm certainly not going to feel comfortable showing my skin right it's it's like we we need to feel comfortable in our bodies, in our minds, and and stuff. Early relationships, when we're really early in a relationship, it's very very different because the chemistry is all about attraction, and so therefore we are very into opening up and and trying to attract people in. But as we settle into our relationships over time, it's really about making sure that we ourselves are very very comfortable so that we can be open and vulnerable and really enjoy being with other people. But our relationships are very, very critical for us. Um, But they are going to be a reflection of how we feel inside as well. Justine, that is a great place to leave this conversation. And Sarah and I have gotten a lot of great stuff to think about. Uh, Stuff we've, you know, this isn't anything new, right? We all know this, but it's super valuable and we need to hear it. Well, maybe we don't all know this, but a lot of people know it's like, oh yeah, like work on these broader things or think about these broader things, but we don't do it. And, and for a lot of different reasons that we've talked about. So thank you for sharing all of this great information. Why don't we wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Well, thank you both for for inviting me on because this topic is really something that has really become a very important aspect of what I do with my clients because it is such an an important part of their lives. And and I just, I I love being able to, um, you know, bring that more holistic approach to it in addition to the diagnostic pieces. But if um, anybody would like to find me, they can uh, find me at justinececile.com. So my website is just justinececile.com. And um, I do have Instagram and so forth, but uh, Facebook is probably where I do the most of my my talking. So just Justine Cecile Coaching is where they can find me there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll link to uh, your Facebook and your website on our show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com and our listeners can access all those links there. And again, uh, Justine, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook love tribe fam and you'll find us right there and if you are interested in learning more about our 
flagship course, Spark My Relationship. We hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com